Hi everyone, welcome to the page to screen edition of the Yakin County Public Library podcast, where each month we usually discuss a book that has been turned into a movie or TV series, as well as the reception of each. For this installment of Page to Screen, we're going to be discussing a book by one of my all-time favorite authors, as well as the subsequent screen adaptation that followed. Stardust by British author Neil Gaiman is a fantasy novel that's usually published with images by Charles Vess. In 2007, the film adaptation of the same name was released to generally positive reviews. I remember watching the movie as a recent high school graduate and watching it over and over because I just loved it so much. At the time, I had no idea who Neil Gaiman was or that the movie was actually based on a book because I don't feel like it was overtly advertised anywhere on the DVD cover, maybe like on in the fine print if anywhere, but it was never really explicitly stated. Nowadays, they usually make that pretty clear. Um, they try to cash in on those book fandoms with the advertising, with the, the book-to-movie covers and such. Um, but I don't remember that being a big thing back in the 2000s. So I would say that the Hunger Games franchise was probably my first book-to-movie experience that really stands out to me. At any rate, I didn't find out until years later that Stardust was based on Gaiman's novel that had been released eight years prior to the movie in 1999. I remember seeing a copy in a used bookstore and I snagged it up quickly, taking it home and devouring it. At 265 pages, it's a fairly quick read that moves along smoothly. I had to go back and reread Stardust for this podcast as it's probably been 10 years since I last read it and I couldn't remember many of the finer plot points, but I enjoyed it just as much this time as I did the first time. Stardust has a different tone and style from most of Gaiman's prose fiction, being consciously written in the tradition of pre-Tolkien English fantasy, following in the footsteps of authors such as Lord Dunsany and Hope Mirrlees. The story is centered around the adventures of a young man from the village of Wall, which borders the magical land of fairy. If you enjoy adult fairy tale stories or fairy tale retellings like Wicked by Gregory Maguire, which is another one of my favorite favorites of all time, then I think this is a book that you would enjoy. I did notice on Amazon that they have the reading age at 13 and up and the grade level around 8th to 9th, but I feel like it's probably more appropriate for adults or young adults because there is some mature content at the beginning of the book. The story begins in the Victorian era following the character of Dunstan Thorne, who is 18 years old and lives in an unassuming little town called Wall, so named for the stone wall standing at the edge of the town dividing Wall from a magical land. The town of Wall has one opening, which is guarded day and night. On one side of the stone bulwark is England, on the other a mysterious meadow through which strange shapes are often seen moving, known as fairy. Once every nine years, the guard is relaxed so that the villagers can attend a fair held in the nearby meadow. There, as a young man, Dunstan Thorne visited the Wall Market on the fair day to find a gift for his sweetheart Daisy Hemstock but is instead seduced by a strange woman, and not quite a year later, an infant child is left at the wall for him. His name is Tristan Thorne, and Stardust is his story. When Tristan grows up, he falls in love with a beautiful local girl, Victoria Forrester, and to win her affection, he rashly vows to his beloved that he'll bring her the star that they both observe falling from the sky, in exchange for his heart's desire. Victoria, assuming the quest impossible and improbable, bemusedly agrees. Although Tristran is infatuated with her, she does not return his feelings and does not take his promise to bring her the fallen star seriously. Tristran, however, immediately sets off to find the star. 
His ensuing quest takes him deep into fairy, for the star has fallen there and, unbeknownst to him, into competition with the star's many other pursuers. Tristran soon finds the star a young woman named Yvain, for in fairy a star is not a ball of flaming gas, but a living, breathing woman. But he has a hard time holding on to her. Yvain appears to be immortal, but not invulnerable. Meanwhile, the sons of the Lord of Stormhold also seek the star, for on their father's deathbed he decreed that only he who finds her can take his father's throne. The 81st Lord of Stormhold is an old man who rules Stormhold until his death. At the beginning of Stardust, he has four dead sons, Secundus, Quartus, Quintus, and Sextus, and three living ones, Primus, Tertius, and Septimus, in addition to his long-lost daughter, Una. The sons are imaginatively named in Latin, 2nd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. Those are all the dead sons. And then 1st, 3rd, and 7th living. Daughter Una is named for a feminine form of the Latin unum, meaning one. The dead sons appear as ghostly observers while the living sons constantly plot to kill each other to succeed their father as Lord of Stormhold. Lord Septimus is the youngest and most ruthless of the Lords of Stormhold. He is by nature a skilled assassin and has succeeded in murdering the majority of his family. Lord Primus is the oldest of the Lords of Stormhold. In comparison with his brothers, he is benevolent, compassionate, and reasonable. In addition to the Lords of Stormhold, the eldest of three evil witches known as the Lilum, and named only as the Witch Queens, seeks the star as well. The Lilum were once the beautiful queens of a magical kingdom of witches. When it was lost beneath the sea, centuries of age caught up with them. They seek the fallen star because by consuming her heart, they will be granted centuries of youth and beauty. Adding to this main cast of characters, we also meet Daisy and Louisa Hempstock, who are Tristran's adopted mother and half-sister, as well as Madame Smell, um, she's also known as Ditchwater Sow, who is also a witch and a member of the sisterhood to which the Lilum belong, and her slave, an unnamed cat-eared fairy girl of great beauty who is in servitude to Madame Semel, until released by an improbable occurrence that fulfills the conditions of her death. She suffers constant abuse at the hands of Madame Semel, being beaten and verbally abused. When not toiling for the witch woman, she is kept in the form of a multicolored bird chained by a silver thread to a gypsy wagon. School Library Journal states that while the bones of the story, the hero, the quest, the maiden are traditional, Gaiman offers a tale that is fresh and original. Though the plot begins with disparate threads, by the end they are all tied together and the picture is complete. The resolution is satisfying and complex, proving that there is more to fairy tales than happily ever after. Stardust was originally conceived by Gaiman and Bess as a storybook with pictures, created by both to be published by American company DC Comics. During an interview to be included in the audiobook, Neil Gaiman explained how one day while driving he had seen a wall on the side of the road and had conceived the idea of fairy being behind the wall. This sparked an idea in Gaiman's head about an American novelist who moved to England where he would find out about this wall. At this time, the book was to be called Wall. Soon afterwards, Gaiman was nominated for a literary award which he won, and at a celebratory party for the award, he saw a shooting star and immediately came up with the idea of Stardust. Gaiman dragged Vess out of a party that he was at and outlined the plot to him, and Vess agreed to do the illustrations. Initially, Stardust was released in 1997 as a prestige format four-issue comic miniseries. 
Stardust came out once a month in a square-bound, high-gloss booklet with high-grade paper, high-quality color, and no advertisements. Game and Invest originally intended the story to be released complete as a single book, which would better reproduce the painted illustrations of Vest's MBS storybook for all ages, and a release in this format was made in 1998. There was both a hardback and a trade paperback edition of the book. It's more accurate, accurately titled Neil Gaiman and Charles Vess's Stardust, being a romance within the realms of fairy. Gaiman retains the copyright to the text and in 1999 decided, encouraged by publisher Avon, to publish Stardust as a conventional novel in hardback without illustrations. There was also a subsequent UK hardcover edition from Hotter Headline. The book also proved popular with readers of the romance genre, although it's generally considered part of the fantasy genre. Stardust has won several awards, including the Alex Award in 2000, a Booklist Editor's Choice Award, Adult Fiction for Young Adults in 1999, Mythopaic Award for Adult Literature, as well as a Yalsa Best Books for Young Adults in 2000. The original DC Comics series was also nominated for the Comics Buyer's Guide Fan Awards for the Favorite Limited series for 1998 and 1999. The collected edition of the series was also nominated for the Comic Buyer's Guide Fan Guide Comics Buyer's Guide Fan Award for Favorite Reprint Graphic Album for 1999. In July 2007, a new hardcover edition was published by DC's Vertigo imprint containing approximately 50 pages of new material, including new artwork and information on the production of the book. Gaiman had potential ideas for more books following on from Stardust, one called Hellflyer, set about five years later, and another called Wall, set about 150 years later. Musical comedian Tim Minchin expressed interest in the idea of adapting the story into a stage musical during a Facebook Live Q&A for The Guardian in October 2017 while discussing Matilda the musical, but the book has also been adapted by BBC Radio 4, who produced a two-part radio adaptation that was first broadcast on December 17, 2016, dramatized and directed by Dirk Maggs and featuring Eleanor Braun, Matthew Beard as Tristan, and Sophie Rundle as Yvonne. Then, of course, there is the 2007 movie adaptation directed by Matthew Vaughn and co-written by Vaughn and Jane Goldman that we will be discussing today. Stardust features an ensemble cast led by Claire Danes as Yvonne, Tristan Cox, I'm sorry, Charlie Cox as Tristan. His name is changed in the movie to Tristan. My guess is because it's a little easier to say Tristan more quickly than Tristran. So that changes. Um, past the central love story, highlights include Michelle Pfeiffer as the evil witch queen, given the name Lamia for the movie. Robert De Niro as Captain Shakespeare, and he is one of my personal favorite characters in this movie. He just makes makes that character his own. And Mark Strong's Prince Septimus. Strong would also go on to star in Vaughn's Kingsman as Merlin, but he is perfectly cast for the role of Septimus. I literally cannot imagine that anyone else would be this perfect for this role in this movie. Past that, we get some fun, memorable performances from Rupert Everett as Prince Secundus, Peter O'Toole as the Dying King of Stormhold, Henry Cavill as the Fussy Humphrey. I didn't even realize that Henry Cavill was in this movie until I went back and watched it years later. Um, and Henry Cavill, of course, has been in everything now. Um, the latest being The Witcher. Excellent series. Uh, if you're, again, if you're into like fantasy, he's great in that. Um, but anyways, I went back and rewatched it and was like, oh, wait a minute. That's Henry Cavill. Didn't even know it. So he's in it. 
uh, Ricky Gervais as the comedic Ferdy the Fence, and Sienna Miller as the haughty Victoria. And did I mention that all of this is narrated by Ian McKellen? Yes, Ian McKellen, who plays Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, narrates this movie. So basically, the extras are all played by Oscar winners. <laughs> um, production began in the United Kingdom and Iceland in April 2006, with the majority of filming taking place in the UK. Stardust was released on August 10, 2007 in the United States. It opened in 2,540 theaters, earning over $9 million, an average of $3,610 per theater, putting it in fourth place with Rush Hour 3 taking first. The film also opened the same day in Russia and the rest of the Commonwealth of United of Independent States, earning over $8 million as of October 14, 2007. In the UK and Ireland, the film was released on October 19, 2007. It came in second at the box office in its opening weekend and spent eight weeks in the box office top ten. Stardust earned a total of $137 million uh, worldwide. Its biggest markets were the United States, where it made $38 million, and the UK, where it made $31 million, approximately £19.5 million. Even 15 years on, the film is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with a 77% score on the tomato meter as well as an 86% rate audience rating based on over 250,000 ratings. Of all of the Neil Gaiman screen adaptations that I've seen, it's probably one of my favorites, second only to Good Omens with David Tennant. And it's just amazing. That that show is amazing as well. If you've not watched it, you should. Um, but anyways... Personally, I think it's one of the best Neil Gaiman adaptations out there, albeit slightly underrated by mainstream movie audiences. Anyone who has read both the book and seen the movie will know that the Stardust film, co-written by Vaughn and frequent collaborator Jane Goldman, changes quite a bit from its source material. As is common with adaptations, a lot is simplified on both sides of the wall. Tristan's home community is much less vast and complex. Likewise, the world of Stormhold is less strange and magical. In the book, there are all manner of magical creatures. For the sake of simplifying the narrative and probably budgetary concerns, that same scope of magical kind is much more limited in the film. Characters such as Daisy and Louisa Hempstock and various magical people and creatures are cut from the movie. The film also adds in an entire sequence around De Niro's Captain Shakespeare that is barely present in the book. I was reading an article about the movie on denofgeek.com and they summed it up rather succinctly, so I'm just going to quote from there directly. They conclude that this is where the film makes one of its smartest decisions, the montage. A montage gives us the illusion that an indefinable amount of time has passed, and more importantly, that in that time, a whole manner of significant interaction could have and probably has occurred. In a two-hour film, the montage can cover all manner of underdeveloped character and character dynamic sins, and more Hollywood blockbusters should take advantage of it. In Stardust, there's no way that the Captain Shakespeare montage could have lasted more than a few days at most, given that only a week passes over the course of Tristan's journey in Stormhold. However, this is where Tristan and Yvain fall in love. This is where Tristan makes his transition from gawky shop boy to a more confident man. And this is where Stardust makes us believe in true love, in the true love that it must to pull off its fairy tale ending. End quote. The major change in the ending of the book may also be a point of contention with some, but for me, it just made sense. So without spoiling the book or the movie for any of you listeners that may have not <laughs> seen it or um, read the book, let's just say that the movie ends with a bang while the book is interested in much different things. 
and the less climactic, quieter ending of the book reflects that. All of this aside, all of the changes um, from the book to the film were made with the blessing of Neil Gaiman, who also acted as a producer on the film and had some saying creative decisions. In my opinion, Stardust is one of the few examples of a book-to-screen adaptation that isn't afraid to make changes that work much better for the format. The movie story may not have remained entirely faithful to the book, but the fairy tale adventure film was also marketed as a family-friendly movie, so I can understand why some of the changes were made. While the book is more dark and com- complex, the movie is a shade more lighthearted, and then we get that traditional happily happy ever after at the ending. So overall, it ranks right up there in my top 10 um, fantasy adventure movies, um, along with The Princess Bride, which is another it's a great um, movie, which was also a book. Um, so I, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched it over the years. It's, it's been that much. It's out on the DVD, and I have worn it out because I have watched it over and over. I highly recommend Stardust, the movie, and the book if, if you enjoy fairy tale stories or books within the fantasy genre, as well as a subsequent film adaptation. We do not own a copy of Stardust, the book, or the movie here at Yakin County Public Library, but we do have a few other Gaiman novels if he is an author you're interested in. There are four copies of the DVD within our Northwestern Regional Library system, as well as five copies of the book available for checkout that can be requested in and received fairly quickly. The book and DVD, as well as the audiobook, are also all available through other NC Cardinal Library systems, so be sure to let us know if you'd like for us to put any of these on hold for you with your NC Cardinal Library card. If you have read Stardust and you enjoyed it and you're looking for similar reads, I've compiled a list of read-likes for you today. They include... Peter and Max by Bill Willingham. The reason being, these elegant novels take place in a world in which the everyday and the magical intersect. Both novels feature mythical creatures and lore woven in with the stories. Peter and Max is more humorous and witty, stardust more lyrical. And that reason review was given by Victoria Kaplinger. The next read-alike is The Last Unicorn by Peter S. Beagle. The reason is The Last Unicorn and Stardust are dreamy, lyrical fantasy novels full of magic, fairies, and other mythical lore. That reason was given by Victoria Kaplinger. The next read-alike is The King of Elfland's Daughter by Edward Dunsany. He has a big, long name, (laughs) but he um, lived from 1878 to 1957. So the reason being is that these lyrical fantasy novels are set where human reality impinges on the realm of fairy. The King of Elfland's Daughter is a classic on this theme while Stardust is written in the tradition of Dunsany, Tolkien, and others. This review was given by Michael Shoemate. The next read-alike is Other Kingdoms by Richard Matheson. The reason being, in these historical fantasies, humans find otherworldly love in small English towns that happen to border upon fairy. Stardust is more romantic in tone, while other kingdoms mixes a creepy atmosphere with sly humor from the narrator. This review was also given by Michael Shoemate. The next read-alike is A Darker Shade of Magic by Victoria Schwab. I just recently read one of her books, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and it was pretty good. Um, But the reason being... Uh, for The Darker Shade of Magic being a read-alike is that these books are descriptive and world-building and they have the themes quest for magical items and court intrigue, the genres historical fantasy and gateway fantasy, the subjects magic and parallel universes, and have characters that are well-developed. The next read-alike is The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden and this is in my 
TBR pile that cover looks really interesting. But the reason um, for the read alike suggestion is that these books are lyrical, descriptive, and world building, and they have the themes Quest for Magical Items, Fairy Realm, and Chosen One. The genres historical fantasy and gateway fantasy and have characters that are well developed. The next book on the read alike list is The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, and this is one of my husband's favorite books. He's been trying to get me to read it, but it's, it's kind of a big book. I just haven't had time um, to really get into it, but he did highly enjoy it. He read the second one, and he is now waiting on the next one. So the reason that this is a read alike for Stardust is that these books are dramatic, world-building, and leisurely paced, and they have the theme Quest for Magical Items, the genres gateway fantasy and adult books for young adults, the subjects quest, magic, and wizards, and have characters that are well-developed. Another read-alike is Child of Light by Terry Brooks. reason is these books are world-building world and they have the themes quest for magical items and, and fairy realm, the genre gateway fantasy, and the subjects quest, fairies, and witches. The last read-alike I have for you today is Empire of Sand by Tasha Suri. And the reason is that these books are dramatic, descriptive, and world-building, and they have the theme Quest for Magical Items, the genres Historical Fantasy and Gateway Fantasy, and have characters that are well-developed. The list of read-alikes that I just read to you was obtained from Novelist Plus, which is available under e-resources through our website, www.nwrlibrary.org, using your NWRL library card and PIN number. The secret to finding your next great read, Novelist Plus, is a trusted source of expert read-alike recommendations available through libraries around the world. I personally use it frequently for patron questions that we get. Sometimes people want to read a similar author or a similar book to something that they really enjoyed, and this resource makes it very easy to plug that information in and get a list of similar uh, books or authors or topics. So it's a resource that I highly recommend to all of you. So that's all I have for you today. Um, but I would love to hear how all of you feel about the book if you've read it or if you've watched the movie adaptation. I would love to, to hear your thoughts on that as well. Feel free to follow us on social media and let us know in the comments if you've read a book lately that just really stuck with you. Whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, we'd be happy to see you there. And if you haven't already, hit that follow button so you can follow this weekly podcast. Each week, Yakin County library staff will be bringing you more topics so be sure to check in every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you all next month for the next installment of Page to Screen. Happy Wednesday everyone!